0: I'm Mike, I'm Scott. I'm Dave and this is between the lines.
1: And we're back. We're here trying a new little uh, little format. A nice little fun app you got there yourself there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a kid.
0: What's up, Doc? Like a kid. I got myself. A new toy. Is that not
1: <laughs>
2: that
3: has to be copyrighted? There's no way.
0: It's it's um it's old enough. Is it? it? That it's now it is Looney Tunes has now crossed over into public domain. Who, uh,
3: who was the guy who did all the voices? Uh, Mel Blanc. That's right.
0: So because how long's
1: he been dead? Fifty years. Hooray. Because we're broke, we're going to do nothing but sounds from nothing Charlie Chaplin <laughs> movies. Yeah. Yeah. All those talkies. Old, yeah, that
0: old music oh, being yeah.
3: played back off of wax.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. There's got to be a piano in the background playing. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, last week, uh, we talked about cancel culture and, um, Generation Z attempting to cancel Eminem. Uh, still trying, not going well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just drama. It's a small group of teenagers who think that they are gonna... From what I gather, it was actually just that, after, after doing research and looking back on the whole thing, it appears it was just one person on TikTok...
3: Well, yeah, but then, and then other people, and then it, they they see something happening. They think there's some big movement that they need to be part of, and they're yeah. going
1: to climb on that bandwagon. Yeah. What cracked me up was the outrage of millennials across oh, the nation.
0: Man. man, they came to the defense.
3: I mean, honestly, even that's a little bit disappointing. It's just giving credibility to this. Again, yeah. again a, a group of a, a couple dozen teens although the, talking about stuff they don't even know about talking about the love the way you lie like it like it promoted domestic violence a somehow. lot of the reactions
0: I saw were just videos of just like 10 seconds of nothing but laughter just just them laughing into a camera like
1: like you're 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 gonna be the one well, <laughs> after all the juggernauts have tried to take the man down yeah it's sort of like uh Facebook comments you know it's just you know, you can't comment, so you just put a yeah. funny face on it. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have anything to actually say. Yeah, anyway. there's
0: no actual uh, thought behind yeah. anything that you're doing.
3: So, <laughs> the, one, the one woman, this middle-aged woman, wrote a song, right? And then somebody else did their own, like, rap. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a little disappointing. I don't feel like you needed to put that much effort into putting down this nothing movement to
0: cancel <laughs> Eminem yeah uh, he, he's no momentum whatsoever even if he said nothing it would be more powerful than anything he doesn't you need could to say. say don't say anything yeah it's, they're not worth your time well it's so stupid. far so far he hasn't said anything um, the video was dropped by his channel or whatever, but the song yeah, was already released. The song was
3: released, and the video, yeah, we listened to. Yeah,
0: it, it was really just kind of, No, it was
1: just kind of a poke yeah. It, like, yeah, all right. You know, trying to get famous by rapping as a commentary to Eminem is the equivalent <laughs> of Meghan Markle <sighs> writing The Coattails of the Monarchy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, relevancy. Ooh,
0: the coattails. Oh, I like that. Getting, it, getting the digs into the crown. There's nothing more important in news right now. Yeah, I, I can't understand. I'm being the, facetious, why, of course. I'm I'm going to be a little bit ignorant here, uh, as I usually do. I play the ignorant redneck here on Between the Lines. <laughs> um, now, here here's here's my question. Why do we still care? About what? what? About,
3: See, I, I don't know about this. I've been seeing Meghan Markle's name come up, but what's going on? Well,
0: he, second season of Suits. <laughs> Apparently, Suits was canceled, and she became a princess, and now she's upset. Here, wait, here, wait, was, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. Let's back up a step, step further. What was canceled? Suits. It was a what? show that Meghan Markle was on. H- who? Yeah. <laughs> who's who's now the Duchess of Sussex, or something like I think. Well, thank I, I God. Former, former, former Duchess of Sussex. They've relinquished their title and right. Their title. Um, but anyway, there was a big to-do. They did an interview with Oprah. Oh, wait, so
3: so it's not a, it's, it's, what's the word? It's no longer a, uh, what is, what is a, what is a territory that's ruled by a duke and duchess? Is there a name for that?
0: Uh,
3: White Castle? I'm sure
1: there is. White Castle? No. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: anyway, the so, so, usually. so
3: they're not, it's just not, Sussex is doesn't have a, They're gonna appoint
0: a different one, I would imagine. Oh, she got fired. Yeah. Well, they 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 sent in their two weeks notice (laughs) (laughs) to the Queen. Okay. Yeah. They quit. So so that was a while ago. The the big to do now is apparently they had a kid together and there was discussions because Meghan Markle has African DNA. There was discussion about how dark the complexion of the baby would be and whether or not that would be an issue for the image of the um, the very nature of the
3: discussion is racist. Yeah. Why would it be an issue? Well, here's what's the, thing. the issue.
0: Here's the thing: is they won't say they won't say who said it. They will only say that it wasn't the Queen and it wasn't Prince Philip.
1: Ha! So to which I reply: <laughs> What doesn't matter at that point? Well, but
3: yeah, still, what does it matter? It doesn't matter who said it. Uh, well, it's, it's kind of matter. I would I would be interested to know who raised the question and what they're like from what angle are you coming from are you genuinely concerned about whether people will accept this child and apparently because that i could see but if it's your own i guess for lack of a better word bigotry that's a little bigoted like who cares oh i'm not
0: saying if if that's true i'm not saying that's not racist right horrible yeah it's a little i'm just saying at least a little do you have it on tape can you at least give me some breadth of uh, Why integrity is to who's... you know at least by saying who said it you you're at least giving yourself some integrity.
3: Is there a reason the Queen of Britain couldn't
0: be black at some point? Well,
3: is there a
1: is there a real good reason?
0: No, no, no good. Yeah. Factual, legitimate, scientific reason. No. Yeah, but, as
1: long as. Through the family line, yes, that's yeah.
0: there's your there's your hiccup. As Somebody long he just needs to the, marry a black guy, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Harry um, married a woman with African descent, yeah, and now the the uh, the royal well, there bloodline was, forks a little. bit. There was bit. a
3: whole big stink about it when he married her too. Oh, I know. Or just the fact that they because were
0: dating. think about the think about the the. No, the line that, I don't that they come from. I don't care either. What my the <laughs> no, point get, is? Yeah, 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 Is they come from a very racist?
3: <laughs> well, uh, it's no, it's the it's uh, preserving the noble blood. Yes, right? exactly. That's which what is trying very, to do, which is racist. Which is very racist. <laughs> it's really classist preserving the noble blood. What would be? I mean, I I get it to some extent, like. There's a reason you don't go looking for your future
0: wife in the trailer park. Sure. But
3: beyond you, you that... You love
0: who you love, man. Becky Sue Jill Bob needs Jill to Bob. have... needs to <laughs> Becky, get married, too. Becky Sue...
3: Yeah.
1: Becky Sue Jill Bob needs love, too. Pack <laughs> it. Wow, I'm sorry for ever mentioning this. I think we went off the rails. We on did. This. We went yeah, off the rails. Why a bit. shouldn't we? Though? So, but
0: yeah, but at any rate, she's she and she also said she tried committing suicide, and it, they were so mean to her. And oh, that's just like boy for attention. People who try to kill, su- to, uh, people who try to commit suicide don't
3: people say that, so on no.
0: camera right afterward. No, people that want to commit suicide commit suicide. Typically, typically they're successful. Not to be not to be cold blooded no, about it, yeah. but.
3: I mean, I just, I kind of doubt Meghan Markle. I don't like to be dark
0: about mental issues, but anyway, at anyway, my bigger point is: is why do we care anything about what happens to British royalty? We're not giving a crap what happens. to... No, it's because they're
1: living here now, and that's. But I mean,
0: even even like every time one of them has a kid, it's headlines, the New York Times. Like, why do we give a shit? We didn't we fight a war couple hundred years ago i think the bigger thing is
1: is in light of everything that is still going on and more important and of greater gravity it, yeah to yeah. our day-to-day i don't i get that this is going to make its way into entertainment tonight or entertainment There's, weekly that's but where why should, is this that's deserves why is this at the top of cnn's headlines i don't and see Fox yeah and, let's all, why are we all celebrating
3: that rich people had unprotected sex nine months ago yeah what do I care?
0: I don't. I don't I don't care. <laughs> like you don't see the headlines about what's going on with the royal family in North Korea, like or or the royal family uh of That would be an interesting story though. I Saudi know. Arabia or you know. Yeah, what's Kim
3: up to these days? Yeah, when, no,
0: we we don't there's there's conspiracy Remember theories out there that he's died? not yeah. There's I was just going to say there's oh, theories out even, there that he's not even alive anymore.
1: What if Kim uh, sorry, Kardashian Sorry, I just said her name wrong. Kardashian, Kardashian. Yeah. married Kim Jong Un? Ooh, the, the Kardashian Jungin, she be Kim Kim. Kim Kim. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah. We've uh, I digress.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right.
1: Kim <laughs> Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so, uh
0: yeah, at any rate, uh, last week we talked about cancel culture. Um this week we are going to dive into absolutely nothing to do with Meghan Markle and the and the royal family. We're going to be talking about prison reform this week. There are uh, several um, things within our society uh, right now that contribute to an overpopulation in prison yeah. uh, populations. Uh, even I was pulling up numbers the other day, and even the numbers in um, the Lycoming County Prison, our local, our local county jail, uh, is up, I think they said, 52% or something over last year. I'll have to pull up the... the in one year? Yeah, in one year. It's For what? Just, just what are those charges? Over, those are just overall... See, the thing is, is those are hold holdovers. So those are just overall arrests. Um,
3: well, but that would suggest at least that arrests are Arrests up have gone up. Yeah. Now,
0: corresponding to that, we talked about it a little bit ago. Um, I don't remember what episode it was. We talked about it. Um, but we talked about like the shootings have gone up in Williamsport. Um, yeah, there overall have been numerous crime
3: reports recently.
0: Um, there's been numerous bodies found in in the river. Um, um, s- some of those are suicides as well. Are they? I believe so. Um, well, that's they haven't
1: said in general the, over the course of the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah, the the kid that they
3: found, I think, was a suicide.
0: So there's there's certain things that. Um, societally, that, that we're going through right now um, that contribute to the incarceration rate. And what's happening is, is the prisons are becoming overcrowded. Um, so they're just building more prisons. Um, and that doesn't seem like, like the answer. It doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't seem
3: like the answer. Like, if I'm... If I let's say that you've got a leaky faucet and you've got you know your basement's flooding, do you just get more buckets or do you fix? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, we got lots of buckets. Yeah, we could just make more buckets. So we're just gonna keep putting the water in the bucket.
3: Not and, to compare n- humans to wastewater we'll to some degree, the, like you
0: don't just keep. We'll just hold you the know, water in the bucket for a while and then go empty the buckets, and then uh-huh. once that bucket's empty, we'll just fill more buckets. Yeah. We actually
1: did some deep diving into this. Currently, the this the numbers are saying that there are 2.3 million people uh, between state, federal, local prisons currently, and that's inclusive of private prisons across the U.S. So there are 2.3 million people as of this year that are 2.3 in 2.3, and the, that is... In the land of the free, folks. That is above half a percent of the
3: population. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, now now, uh, what I'd like to know, what how is that in comparison with other... Uh, is there any data in in what you were looking at as to how that compares to um, like the rest of the world? Uh, in you know, as far as I per didn't check, but I didn't.
3: I, well, yeah. it's I think it's been known for a while that we have the highest yeah, per but, capita. Yeah, and it's usually
0: usually like they they give you something as it's like is it, it's as high as the top other four combined or something like something that. like that. It's prison. Yeah. So,
3: let's run those numbers. Yeah, two point three million. Um, yeah, that's a hefty. Like, what is the inverse of that?
0: Ten countries with the highest incarceration rates are the United States. That's and about Al one in Salvador. every hundred
3: and fifty people in this country. One in every one hundred out of hundred and fifty people, one of them wow is in jail.
0: So
1: you're telling me that Russia and China are not even on this list. So we'll get, we'll get to it later on in the segment. Well, yeah. we
3: but may not. Whoever compiled the lists, it's probably hard to get those numbers.
1: Well, we'll get to this part later on in the segment. But the actual uh, increase from 1980 to about 2016, 2018 has been roughly about 900 to 1,000%. So the increase in overall incarcerations from about the 1980s has increased pretty exponentially.
0: So why don't we do that? We'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the increase in prison populations over the last several years. Um, and uh, we'll just deep dive at that point into um, you know, current, current issues within the country that are contributing to overall prison spikes and things like that. Um, so we'll take a break, and we'll be back here on Between the Lines. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. I think we're hey, back. Yeah, we're back. Here we are.
1: We are here. So, we got levels. Uh, yeah,
0: we were talking um, before the break, we
1: were talking about um, prison numbers. Uh, I think Dave mentioned there were 2.3. 2.3 million. And this was an estimate that came out roughly about last year. So I'm sure that's fluctuated a bit, but nonetheless, yeah. it's pretty yeah. close. It's down. a, or, it's it's or a recent
3: estimate. Give yeah. or take.
1: Now that's above our, our
3: population in 1972 was about 200,000.
0: Yeah. By all estimates. So Times what? What's
3: that? So times that's about well, I mean, it's like a thousand percent. A thousand percent, roughly, agree. give or so, take a little but
1: bit. But uh, just just to kind of set the stage here, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, privatization. Eight percent of that two point three million actually exist within uh, private prisons today. Wow! So eight percent—that's a lot higher
0: than I would have thought. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the idea. I, we've talked about this briefly, yeah. but I don't like the idea of private prisons. A private prison sounds horrible. It does sound I, horrible. Is, are
3: there? I would. I, it would be. It would be um, interesting to know how many other nations have a private prison system, where they're just
0: that's a really private good
3: corporations yeah. making money. Like, am I? Of, can
0: I just build cages in my backyard and just start holding people? Is that like? How do you? How do you go about? Yeah getting approval to cage human beings i could i
3: can understand lawyers um you know for somebody to make money off of the legal system a lawyer lawyers they are at least taking someone's side right yeah they take they have there's a plaintiff there's a defendant and their lawyers respectively are on their side sure right whose side are these private prisons on their side. Well, they're just, they they want, pe- they, they get money from the government, they get grant money to hold these prisoners. The longer somebody's in jail, the more
1: money they make.
0: Yeah, the board of directors, that's, and the, and the yeah. shareholders. So they're
1: not on, they're not advocating for anyone, they no. want you to go down. So this yep. was uh, an article written by the Heritage Foundation back in May 24th of 1988.
0: Do you have a, do you have a, is there a byline just so we can give author credit? Uh, On this
1: one? That would be Dana Joel. Dana Joel. Dana Joel. Dana. Joel. To D- Dana. So this was... I what? like that name. So how many years ago is this now? 32? Yeah. Th- roughly. Yeah. Roughly? Shit. <laughs> so, so this is a 32-year-old article, uh, and this was actually written in lieu of the discussion uh, of going to privatization. This so, is when it started. This was around the time when they started discussing uh, opening up the door. Uh, it was all predicated on the understanding is that it could save the state's money with regards sure. to, and within the first couple of years, um, 1986, Then this just kind of gives you an idea that this article was actually written after they were given permission to do this. So in 1986, a uh, private firm, a uh, private prison saved Kentucky an estimated $400,000 that year. Uh, simi- uh, a similar story came out about uh, I think it was California, where the private prisons saved them roughly about $700,000 that year. Uh, Florida also has an instance where that happened as well. So long story short, a lot of this was predicated on the understanding is that it would save the state's money. So it was a a money thing when it comes down to it. So, I mean, where
3: did they save the money, though? Because it costs, you know, I imagine it just costs a certain amount to hold somebody in a prison cell. Right. So where's that money? Is it, are are we, I would, it would be hard for me to believe that $400,000 simply came from better management.
1: So I, I don't know. uh, Is the state
3: having like production line or supply line issues? Like where's this $400,000?
1: So that's a disparity I haven't been able to look into yet. One of the interesting things is that there were a couple of reports that came out by the Vera... Uh, project uh, vera.org. Uh, mm-hmm. If you ever want to take a look at it, they wrote a pretty long, extensive report a couple of years ago called The Price of Prisons, and they had recently updated it in 2015. I don't know that they've done any work on it since then, but basically it goes through a state by state breakdown on what the state is paying uh, per inmate and what that breakdown cost looks like. Uh, what, so here's just to give kind of a uh, forward to back look. Uh, one of the things that interested me, and I wanted to look at California specifically in this instance because it's the largest state, so you would naturally assume they would have the most people incarcerated, right? You so would think. You would think. It's actually not the case. But nonetheless. My
0: money's going to go on Texas for number two.
1: That's actually not the case. See? Either. Huh? Um, percentage wise, based off of per capita. Um, but, anyways, long story short, uh, California uh, in the year 2010, uh, spent was spending about $47,000 per inmate. $47,000. Now to put that in the context, California is only spending 20 roughly about $18 to $20,000 per student in their school systems now. So yeah. at that time 10 years prior they were spending about $47,000. Now here's the kicker. More than 5 20, years so later, 5 years later when they update the report, California is spending $65,000 per Ooh, inmate nice. in the state of California. California, it's roughly
0: thirty percent um, increase.
1: California actually has one the lowest proportion of uh, privately owned prisons uh, in the U.S. Believe it or not, um, but, but what, okay, privately owned. Privately owned.
3: Well, is that? Uh, I mean, is that just an issue of private prisons don't want to go to California for some reason? I mean, um, is the sh- land more expensive? Well, um, taxes. Sh- taxes. Yeah, that's good. So it is. It, 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 that's a. The, any the any question corporation is why is does that, not is. want to be in california yeah, because the tax the rate taxes, is like and, seven, and these private 70%. these private prisons would be big enough you'd have yes. to be
0: incorporated yep, to, to operate.
1: so we'll get to this in a minute. i don't want to jump ahead of you guys here but one of the things that really stuck out to me with regards to the spending uh was what they spent on inmate education and training this was 2010 now mind you uh California spent 7.1 billion dollars total that year on uh, incarceration. They spent four and a half million dollars of that 7.1 billion dollar budget. They had 167,000 incarcerated people. If you do the simple math on that, that equates to about 25 dollars per inmate in educational costs, which means We'll get to it. recidivism rates and yeah, reentry yeah. and They're things not, that kind of play yeah, into the, that.
0: In the, comparison, that's the little. priority oh, that's, is that's so peanuts.
3: upside down. I, and here's here's a question. I mean, think about this. So if we're trying to save money on inmates,
0: less inmates.
3: There's an interest. There's there's a principle in economics, and I, I'm sure it has a name. But if you buy the cheapest thing, it's going to break, right? Yes. You spend you spend you make an investment and then you don't have to spend more later. So if we would just invest in these inmates and actually, actually have some kind of prison reform rather than, I mean, we're spending money on expanding the prison system. We should be spending money on not getting people to come back.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Which is, which is one of the biggest challenges. How much more
3: would you save if, I mean, how many, how many repeat offenders are in prison right now, where if they weren't repeat offenders, the population would be cut in what in half Probably. what are the numbers on that
1: well the uh, interesting enough and I'll just throw this out there i want take a guess at what state as of 2019 2020 has the highest recidivism rates currently yeah.
3: recidivism
1: specifically which means yeah recidivism specifically oh, which means I have no that idea. percent of their population going back into the system new york delaware really delaware state has a 64% recidivism what rate the as of going 2020 on <laughs> Um, Alaska, believe it or not, is second in that category because a lot of people don't think about it, but Alaska has a very high crime rate. In fact, well, as if, I could believe that. Well, I mean, if you easily. think about per capita, and you think about the opportunities that are, yeah, you know, like Juneau being the only real city, you know, in that entire area. I mean, gang, I I no once watched can an article where, in the tundra. yeah, <laughs> basically it's Fargo. Um, yeah. But uh, California, believe it or not, between 2000 and 2019. Uh, as of 2019, they had, ha- or 2000, the year 2000, they had about 4,500 people in uh, private prisons. By 2019, they had 1,100 people in private prisons, which means there was a 75% overall decrease in people being in. So, California, I believe, and they're not the only state that's made some huge changes yeah. like Arkansas. Um, one thing that was interesting to me is that you would think that California has the number one gang-related violence rates in all of the U.S. Truth be told, it was Arkansas up until maybe a couple of years ago. <laughs> wow. Um,
3: the hard streets of Arkansas. So
1: Arkansas, believe it or not, actually made a transition. They, they at one point had about fifteen or 1,600 people in private prisons, and that dropped 100%. Where so they was, currently uh, have nobody. Where was Bill Clinton governor? Uh, Arkansas, but he was president by that point. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> the 94 crime bill. Ninety-four Crime Bill. Yep. Who, who who was president when that passed? Uh, that would be. Uh, let me think here. Uh, Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. Well, she was under the desk. Oh, that's she was. True. She was pulling. <laughs> the but, strings. but who was
0: sitting in the seat? It uh, would have been Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but funny. You, funny though. I'm just saying. The correlation there.
3: Yeah, that is interesting.
1: To your point, though. So you, he
3: he left Arkansas. They got better, but then he ruined the whole country. basically.
1: <laughs> Exactly. But I mean, one of the interesting things and you started talking about at the outset of um, is with regards to why there's been a sudden uptick in overall incarcerations. And one of those is due to nonviolent crimes having been pinpointed as what you were talking about, Mike. I want to make a
0: quick point to to that point. I'm doing a little reading here and I did a little quick research while you guys were talking about how private prisons are reimbursed. And I think that goes into kind of what what's happening. So essentially what they do is they contract with state, local, federal governments, sure. um, with, uh, you know, per month prices. Um, so like each prisoner they get, we'll just throw out a number. They get $24,000 a month from the federal government for that prisoner. So what happens is—is is is that a real number? I, I don't know if that's a real number. Twenty-four thousand. I per saw month? that. I, I, I don't know if that's real or not. I, I'm just throwing that number out there. I don't know what the actual okay, number is. Okay, so whatever is. the number is, but I saw that. I number. saw the number twenty-four thousand. Twenty-four thousand sounds But I don't high. know. But okay. Here, Nonetheless, not... okay. We'll just make it another number. It's a thousand dollars. Since that number, Scott doesn't like that number. It's a thousand dollars. Three, $3. fifty. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thousand dollars. Okay. So what? 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 My bigger point is, is when you're uh, think about it from like a McDonald's standpoint, you're running your jail like McDonald's, which is what ends up happening. It becomes a retail establishment at that point. You're you're allotted a certain amount of money per prisoner. You want to get that prisoner's quality of life under a thousand dollars a month because that's what you're getting for that prisoner
3: yeah and you're trying to make money you're trying them. to make money so, so that means you have to yeah, make that
0: prisoner's quality of life under that amount in order to make money and that's i just want to address
3: that quick that can that any private company is you're not going to run a non-for-profit prison sure right There's maybe no you, should. you should but that's a maybe th- it yeah. should be that's- maybe maybe prison should be not for profit but that just because they're non-profit doesn't mean that there can't be corruption. People yeah. can still yes. have high salaries now, in nonprofits. Yes,
0: I want to continue my thought. Now that you got that thousand dollars, they've got to get the monthly cost for that prisoner under a thousand dollars. Now you're you're it's going to be tough. We'll just say to make it under. Let's say you can you can get it down to eight hundred dollars a month. You're making two hundred dollars a month off that prisoner. Now, how are you going to make money? You're going to get as many prisoners in that prison for that extra $200, you're going to multiply that by as many people as you can in order to make a decent profit.
3: And just pack them in.
0: Exactly. So now your incentive is not only to reduce the quality of life, but to pack in as many as you can and right. overcrowd the prison. See, that, that was is, the
1: original intention of the 94 crime bill was because there was such an to to influx. Lower to lower To mm-hmm. one, lower cost. yes, but also one of the big things was groundbreaking uh, or group breaking ground rather for new prisons to accommodate for the increase of of uh the incarceration rates that yes. were starting to spike at that time. So it's kind of a two-headed serpent or yep. two two-headed blade. Yeah. Your point. The
3: the motivation for you know, if the the assumption would be that a government prison, the government is meant to serve the people, at sure. least. The bra- it's a it would be a public service. And the the, the motivation there because we're trying to cut costs the government's perspective is purely to cut costs we're not trying to make money on these people we're trying to not incarcerate so many people so then it becomes a human a human service that they're doing to reform these prisoners whether they whether it's actually happening or not that can at least be the motivation but when it's a private prison that's i mean where I have no I have no ethical qualms with capitalism but when capitalism comes into something like this where yeah. it should be a matter of making people's lives better. The focus of the of the board in charge of this prison is to make profit because it's a private corporate You know, and we can't fault them for that necessarily. But it, a, a prison should not
0: be run that way. Anytime you're putting price tags on that's humanity, huge that's ethical problem. That's when capitalism starts crossing lines for me. It's yeah, when you that, start putting price tags. Capitalism
3: should be neutral markets that don't necessarily direct I mean we're talking about we've created a market for directly causing detriment to people's lives and not only their lives but the lives of their children and society at large. I mean
0: slavery was great for capitalism. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. It was not hum- it was not we could talk hum- we, humanity. There we could no talk about the connections,
3: the the eerie connections between the prison system and slavery. But I think that falls outside the scope of what jumping real to talk quick about back
1: right to now. the the article I had mentioned earlier uh, from the Heritage Foundation. Dana Joel actually points out four specific problems or questions that it raised at that time with regards to privatization. One was: Is the public ready to accept the private sector providing a service traditionally? performed by the government, I'm one. Two, can the government maintain adequate supervision through careful monitoring and evaluation? Three, should private security guards be given the right to use deadly weapons? And four, the big one, I guess, is in the case of complaints by inmates or prison employees, is the government or the private contractor liable?
0: You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. And you look at every one of those questions... And we have answers for every one of those questions. Right Today, we Today we do we now because
3: we've seen what happens.
0: Yeah, and if if I, I'm telling you right now, if if we could go back and and you know borrow the booth from Bill and Ted and head back to Congress back in the day and paint a picture of what what it looks like now, uh-huh. um, I, maybe they would think differently. I, I just think that they started going down these roads. Thinking, you know, all roads to hell are paved with good intentions, and I, I think that they're they were well intentioned um, when doing well, this they had stuff. A, they but had
3: a crisis of an influx of inmates,
0: which now here here's ha-
3: the there's thing: a, a better approach would be have fewer inmates. I That's think. what
0: they were scared to do, though. Think about um, what is
3: the culture in our society of hiding our problems? It's like. Puritanism. When we yeah, when we have somebody who's acting out, rather than try to help them, we want to put them Puritanism. away. Just yep. go away. I can't. I have no time for that. Well, we think, ha- about, we, think about think about need how they to change to, that.
0: That's completely. It just doesn't work. How they? It, it's a, I. I don't know if it comes from uh, our our British roots or our, just Western culture in general. Um, i think well, it does because the, some degree, you know like those the spartans the, those, used to cast out the, those, are almost, those that were strange and, those are
3: almost the same thing i mean the, the brits have had so much influence on western culture at large, sure but.
0: sure but my bigger point is is um if you if you're remember there's all kinds of stories about how families would hide um those with mental illness right literally literally hide them uh, in the house you would have rooms in houses that were... that oh, were... steps
1: back to British history. If you look at a lot of the nobles and yeah. people that owned big estates and whatnot, they would have a wife or a daughter or a somebody in the family that was, you know, the black sheep, but, so to yeah. speak, and that they would put up in some tower somewhere. Hidden. Yeah. 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 I.e. Yeah.
3: Rapunzel. They exactly. Have, they give them errands when the press is coming. That's exactly. what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. Is
0: that is that where that comes from? Because... And maybe that trickles down into now... We as a and there's you can see it in other things too. We as Americans in general, um, we don't like to be wrong. So we, we will, don't
3: like to we, we have a hard time accepting our flaws. I guess which I
0: think I think is starting to change. Um, it goes back to the flip flop thing. How we always you criticize yeah, politicians we give for flip flopping a hard time. It, we but flip flopping is actually that would be the preferred yeah it's not a weakness no that's a strength because it is a strength
3: to have the courage to admit i was wrong i yeah but man, now
0: i see i reassess my better. i reassess well it goes america how many times as a country and again we're digressing again but how many times as a country have we done that where we've 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 made it made a major change like slavery or or civil rights or women's suffrage any, and, we, and we're like any, any of those of the, things. Any of the
3: amendments to the Constitution yeah. outside of the the original Bill of
0: Rights and we're like, oh man, okay, um, this isn't how we should be. Yeah, and we we change that. And, oh boy, it's a good thing that we, should we did really that. be
3: part of American culture. And especially if we're going to consider ourselves a melting pot. Yeah, we need to be flexible and culturally and, and, I think and be able is, to
0: change and accept new new ideas. I think this is one of those. Um, one of those crossroads. Um, we've got several right now uh, in this country, but I think right now this is one of those crossroads that we're at where we need to look, uh, look, look at ourselves in the mirror as a country and say, is this, is this who we want to be in the land of the free, quote unquote? Um, do we want to hold 25% of the prison Population? Yeah,
3: we have 25% of the worldwide prison population, but we only account for about 5% as of a the nation. the total population. A little less than 5%, so proportionately speaking, we have five times as many people in jail. As we should. As we really should compared to
1: the average across the globe. Well, going back to, uh, what, I started to what we started to talk about with regards to nonviolent crimes getting yeah. onto the radar... Uh, From 1980 to about 2016, in state prisons alone, 1980, they estimated about 19,000 people in state prisons, of course, there's federal and local, not accounted in that number, uh, that were incarcerated for nonviolent crimes, in other words, like drug possession or drug use or whatever the case be. From 1980 to 2016, it rose... To one hundred and ninety thousand people in state prisons alone that were incarcerated or are currently being incarcerated for nonviolent crimes, the total number of people in prisons nowadays, uh, in relation to that two point three million that we mentioned earlier, is four hundred and fifty thousand people across state, federal, and local prisons throughout the U.S. that are incarcerated for nonviolent crimes. A
3: quarter of
1: a quarter al- of a million, almost. Almost, almost a quarter, a quarter million quarter people of all About prisoners. twenty percent, a fifth roughly well and this is one of the reasons That's why insane. I liked I absolutely loved rand or um, yeah not Ron, Ron Paul. Paul Ryan Ron Paul back when he was running is his big one of his big campaign platforms was with regards to the drug war yeah um, failed absolute waste of money failed. it is absolutely
3: and it's interesting to note the timeline you're bringing up 1980 to 2016 we all know what happened right in the middle of that swatch of time and all based around nonviolent crime we have the 1994 crime bill all based around nonviolent crime yeah and just, pretty much just well the better part of it and, and and how much i wonder when the spike really happened i'd like to see the numbers as of 1990 compared to say the year 2000
0: after the bill had been in effect for 6 years well you can also you can see the you can all, you can see the disproportionate effects on minorities as well with the with the 1994 crime bill. yeah
3: and it is interesting to 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 think about that i don't want to believe in this notion of systemic racism um but to some degree it is true that minorities are very disproportionately and and is that is that because minorities are what's the word i want to use um, per per capita in that demographic group the poverty level is, or po- poverty rates are higher I guess that's is what, what I was going to say. say yeah, yeah. It, it's and and so is that the catalyst and it just happens to be across an intersection of poverty and drug use that happens to be you know coincidentally minorities are more impoverished therefore they use drugs at a higher rate because they use drugs at a higher rate, you know, we can, we can lock them up and And that's just what happens because,
1: because we have laws that incarcerate people for nonviolent crimes. So I I was actually looking through some of the numbers on that specific topic with regards to ratios of uh, African-Americans to Caucasians um, in certain prisons, believe it or not, uh, New Jersey actually has the worst ratio in all of the U S it's 12 to two or 12 to one. So basically for every Caucasian that's in jail, um there's 12 uh, african-americans in jail where's caucasian do you know what <laughs> there is a place called the caucasus in like uh georgia the country sorry i didn't mean to state. derail
0: there but that term always bothered me yeah, i know yeah i'm well, just
1: using the yeah. uh just, just say, say white white it's okay the um believe it or not do you know are what's... you asian or are you caucasian <laughs> Well, sorry, I, I do like that kind of food. So I guess. Uh, um, but nonetheless, food? guess what state? Believe it or not, guess what state in all of the U.S. has the lowest ratio of white to black inmates? Texas. Yes. Wow, I pulled that I'm out of. Because there's hat. no black people to lock up. I think it's that's, because <laughs> that's so far from the truth. They I know, have the no, I largest know. cities in yeah. the U.S. right now. Isn't Austin or Houston do you considered
0: the? A- do you think it's lack of regulation?
3: Uh, what do you mean by lack of regulation? Think think
0: about it this way. Um, a lot of the bills that come out are tailored in an attempt to try to protect minorities by using certain language, but in turn end up hurting minorities like the crime bill, the 1994 crime bill. It it, just by the languages and what it targeted, it disproportionately targeted minorities. For instance, uh, as an example, uh, they made penalties for crack higher than penalties for cocaine.
3: And at the time, crack was, was a bigger problem in, for the African-American, in the African-American community,
0: African-American and, and community. Co- cocaine was more predominantly used by whites. Well, wasn't so it? That's,
3: that's funny. Uh, that is an interesting way of
1: – that's a very subversive way of targeting um, a demographic. What's the the one comedian, John Mulaney, in one of his skits is talking about where uh, he Love talks John about Mulaney. how – how uh, marijuana is legal, and the entire crowd starts cheering. And he's like, "Hey, settle down there, Billy. It was always legal for us. I got it a- <laughs> ah, he's wow. like he's like I got an award for having a a one off at a Roots concert or something." And so, point being, <laughs> oh,
0: dude. yeah, yeah. So, hey, settle down. <laughs> settle down. It was yeah. always
3: legal for us. God damn.
0: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so just as a, just as a, an example, they targeted crack cocaine, crack, uh, heavier than cocaine. So it disproportionately affected minorities. So what I'm saying is since Texas doesn't really regulate, they wouldn't have anything in their language that would disproportionately that, target yeah, anybody over that another. That could necessarily target yes. anybody.
3: That's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, what is that ratio by the way? Well, of, say again, of... Uh, African-Americans to white to whites. in Texas?
1: Uh, it's four to one. Four to one. That's so, still, and, But that's actually, it's still. That's disproportion- still not good. That's, that's still it's not. Still, but it's but. also. Uh, and
3: then, wh- so what is the, I w- uh, what's the population of African-Americans in Texas versus. Blacks. Uh, right. I mean. <laughs> blacks. The black population in Texas. I will stop using African-American. I hate I it. recognize that they're not African. I hate, uh, I hate that is term. Is that better? Yes.
0: If, you these, like that? if these
1: numbers are correct as of 2020, it would have been 138,000.
0: We've talked about it before. You're diluting their American-ness.
1: That's uh, fine. Black
3: Americans.
0: They're just as an they're American. Black as America. What's the black population? See, but that doesn't... Sorry. It, see, I don't... That's that just makes the color it, of their skin, man. It's
3: Exactly. It's just the color of their skin. So why the hell are, do we have things that... Anyway. So the total... I don't, pres- then
0: just call them Americans. But how are you going to tell us? Why so, are these differently colored... Why are these... They're, they're, why got, are these
3: perfect. Differently colored Americans. Why are these Americans who are not white... Yes. Being incarcerated more than Americans who are white. I like that. That's better. Americans who
1: aren't white? See, I don't want like to make any... Yeah, I don't, <laughs> don't like that American. either. Because now yeah. you're
0: implying that it's better to be white and I We're don't like that. We're derailing again. Yeah, I don't I like I mean,
1: that the, the statistics are there to show us that there is a disparity at the same time to concentrate on this when having conversations with a person is just going to... Yeah. It's going to put the conversation into a certain Yeah. Tone.
3: it's a it's now you are operating in that frame of mind
0: yes but you so, shouldn't be
3: but but okay but we have to because we have to talk about it
0: but um so new jersey has the worst new well, jersey has the worst argu- arguably new jersey is one of the more liberal hypothetically states yeah, they, in the country uh, at least bordering new york city yeah um at least right by the trucks Politically, yeah, DNC. believe it or not, New
1: York is actually not the bad and neither or worse, and neither was California. It was kind of strange to me looking at some of these numbers. So that, it's
0: not a liberal conservative no, line. No, believe it or like not,
1: that. the 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 second and third in that list would be Wisconsin and Minnesota huh. of all places. Yeah. Where does where does Florida lie? They're just trying to get them Florida out of sight.
3: Out of actually, sight I'm sorry,
1: I, I I digress. This Florida is, is actually the lowest. I was going to oh, say. Oh, Florida's the lowest. Yes, I'm sorry. I apologize. Two to one? Uh, three to one. Three to one. Roughly.
0: And that's saying something because the Hispanic population in Florida is way well, higher.
1: Well, yeah, what's that? Of course, the Hispanic are population. Believe it or not, are that's black, actually. Are we, ta- are
3: we saying blacks, minorities in general? What is the three uh, specifically?
1: Specifically black to white and then specifically Hispanic to white uh, or Latin to white uh, would be more more uh, white people in jail than Hispanic in Florida. Really? Yep.
3: Oh, good on them.
0: That is. No,
1: that's... That actually... That's inspiring, actually. In Texas... think about how many... It should be... In Texas, it's about a hair... It should, hypothetically... Statistically, it should be... It should should be be
3: closer to the actual proportion of the population of the state. And I think that's what we all want. Yeah. We need to acknowledge cultural differences within those communities. I think, really, the problem is that we... That you have subcultures the laws in this country are not sensitive to the different cultures in this country. The laws in this country are only sensitive to white culture. Sure. And so in some way, that is part of the problem. I think white people write the laws, white people are writing the laws from their point of view. They're not taking into account these different cultures and different perspectives. And I think... I think that just too damn many things are illegal in my. Well, opinion. I, th- I mean, from a culture in, in America, if we're going to be accepting of other people's cultures, we need to have an attitude of fewer things being illegal because we, you know, it can't be that somebody comes over and a significant part of their lifestyle is illegal now. I'm going to say this. I'm going to be the accepting. old,
1: the old stodgy guy here for a second, <laughs> okay. and say that uh, uh, at no part at no point should uh, abuse of drugs be a part of anybody's culture period no um I
3: th- well the- i think but you're you're framing that what is abuse of drugs because we also have and this is sort somewhat related tangentially we have a um the culture in in this country we are to some degree of we have a prejudice against altered states of mind where in other, other cultures it's a it's a part of life there are cultures in India that regularly use um, psychoactive drugs as part of a religious experience. Well,
1: there's some stuff that we know scientifically doesn't affect people in the way that, say, crack cocaine does laced with some kind of... Oh, sure. Oh, whatever. sure. Yeah, that I'm just should saying... not... Yes, that's unhealthy. You can prove I mean, the horrible effects I mean, of if something you like get crack or or meth.
3: That's easily provable.
1: If you want to get into the, the whole underpinnings of what is predatory and what's not predatory... I mean, if you look at it, I mean, there are people that have been using drugs all the way up since the since time of figured it out. Buddha and Confucianism. And, yeah. you know, you can trace back the use of opium, you know, the whole way back to day one. But the point of it being is that they, they were in natural states. What we're looking at today is a manufactured product. Sort of on par, you know, yeah. like watching the the documentary on Food, Inc., mm-hmm. you know, and looking at what's being injected into a lot of our foods. You know, would that be considered predatory, getting somebody addicted to drinking Coca-Cola sure. because at one point they put cocaine into their products? Now, I know they've changed that since a they've, long, long time well, ago. Studies have
0: shown that the addiction to sugar is very similar to the addiction to uh, co- cocaine and or heroin. Or heroin. Yeah. It, it gives you the same... Yeah, when you when you drink uh, a, a Pepsi, it, it it's maybe it's not as strong, but it gives you that well, same.
3: It doesn't change your behavior. You're just wired. It's sort of yeah. You well, it does change your
0: behavior in that sense. Yeah. It's
3: it is it is definitely. But your you'd body say,
0: psychoactive, but it's your body de- develops a dependency on it that dopamine rush.
3: You know, it's interesting. Caffeine and sugar. To some degree, it's less uncomfortable for me to be around somebody else who is high on caffeine and sugar than it is for me to be around somebody who's high on cocaine. Speed because their behavior becomes much more different. But uh, caffeine and sugar really don't change your internal mechanisms too much, other than turning them up.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, So maybe that's partly what it is. It's just we don't we want somebody who we don't want to see somebody who's on heroin.
1: Yeah, my point isn't to demonize anybody that uses oh, because in a lot of cases, Absolutely. a lot of times people are driven to that as escapism, you know, and that's one of the things is it it becomes a form of right. escapism for a lot of people, and that's that's ultimately what we're trying to narrow down here is that people within certain uh, demographics, people within certain uh, geopolitical locations of the U.S. that have a propensity to de- keep people broke. Uh, because they don't have an ability. I I lived in the city of Philadelphia for most of my life. We were talking about a city that on top of federal and state taxes has a privilege to live tax, which is a city tax, with that, which in many cases was higher even than state and federal taxes. So if you combine just, you know, the the sheer burdening of taxes, I mean, what was the whole Boston Tea Party about? Yep. It was about, you know, People being able to earn a living, even if they are making only $10 an hour, being able to live with some kind of level of integrity and respect, uh, dignity, you know, even on the most minimum uh, uh, earnings, you know, and that's, that's something by itself that needs to be looked at. You know, the Republicans think that just cutting taxes is what it's all about. In reality, it's not. It's It's about cost of living. (laughs) Cost of living is a huge problem in this country. And uh, and that goes through all aspects of where and why and how people live.
0: Yeah, and we're digressing again, but yeah. but um, to that point. it's relevant
3: I mean, because when the cost of living is so high, that makes it much more difficult for any impoverished person. And and you know, it's just it's you're going to put that person in jail simply because they can't pay their taxes. Yeah, you're not we're not
0: helping anybody. And we've talked about this before uh, several times on the podcast how. Uh the answer to cost of living is not just jacking up the minimum wage because you jack up the minimum wage now there are
3: just gonna be fewer jobs yeah. for people because su- those, just, we'll any just... industry affected by that is going to turn to automating their prophecy, yeah. pro- processes to offset the cost of the staff. They have they have a number set aside for staffing. Yeah. If it's a if it's a million dollars a year for a company and that's what they have telling them that they have to pay each person more, they're just gonna have fewer. People. They're gonna have
0: fewer people. Not only that, but we'll use the example of a supermarket. Um, the the cost of your milk is gonna go from two dollars to three dollars and fifty cents. Uh, to to add the overhead of the extra workers.
3: Now it's a it's a much more complex issue because you could talk about how you know if people then have more money to spend then that offsets the cost. But if it's a zero sum game, why are we even playing? But that, it?
0: then it becomes then it becomes cyclical yes. because then the the cost yeah, you of di- everything you haven't raises. haven't actually changed anything. And now, so, yeah,
3: but yeah, we are digressing to some degree. But that is one. Economics are certainly a contributing factor oh, sure, to certainly. the increased prison population,
0: and and people that are that are lower on the economical scale tend to be higher on drug use too. Ironically, uh, yeah. as you said, Dave, just to bring it
3: full circle, it is a degree of escapism. It's it's a lot of times the cheapest, quickest, easiest way to to feel okay about your life for.
1: At least an hour, and it's not the only form of escapism. Everybody has their own form of escapism. Alcohol. yeah alcohol is number one. Well, it, it could be work, drug abuse, or work. you could be a workaholic. Drug abuse
3: is a mental health issue. Yes, it's, it's just not it's, a criminal issue. It should not be treated like a criminal issue. I think that we could help society, a, and that would a lot that would more. lead
1: into yeah. And I think one of the things that changed with regards to the nineteen ninety four Crime Bill is that suddenly they started taking a closer look at people using and not simply the people that were praying. Yes. And if you look at it from that context, if you have a guy standing outside the perimeter of a school that after three o'clock or two o'clock hits, he's hitting up 12 year olds and 11 year olds. Hey, mm-hmm. do you want to purchase this? That's different. Yes. You know, then the guy, you know, in his house, that's, uh, doing crack or doing heroin or whatever the case be. And we, we all know heroin has been kind of the plight, of uh, really? even suburban and, uh, more rural areas we lost a cousin uh
0: to to heroin yeah and and uh and she was uh to to not to digress but to that point she was out of i don't want any of the other cousins that may or may not listen to this take this the wrong way but she would have been the one i I wouldn't have guessed her not at all out of all the all the cousins i wouldn't have guessed her Um, and and that's usually how it works. You never know who it is. Um, but I think that, um, I think that we need to concentrate more resources on, on like therapeutic methods for, for, for for drug use and not necessarily incarceration. Instead
3: of just punishing people for something, anybody who turns to that, they've already been through enough probably. If that's where they're going, if they,
0: nobody, nobody wants to be a crackhead. I don't think and locking them up and cost them, costing them whatever job they may currently have. Yeah.
1: And now they're done for the rest of their life. Yeah. They're labeled. They're, yep. they're a well, convicted felon. Then you get into the whole, uh, bail bonds and cash bail, which a lot of states are starting to get rid of cash yep. bail and bail bonds become in, in, in an, in an inordinate, uh, Lone burden shocking. to yeah, essentially, in an order to burden to the people that have to yeah, buy and into that, that.
3: That's just another thing you can lock them up for now. Yep. So it, it's now essentially it's a, it's a system
1: back. that keeps people essentially broke the rest of their lives yep. where yeah. they can't. So anybody who started there in that place, it's very difficult for them to get out of that. Exactly. Yeah. Do we have time to get into recidivism a little bit more yeah. and reentry? Yeah. Yep. Um, something I wanted to touch on here, real quick, if if at all possible. <laughs> Um is with regards to reentry. And uh, I had actually listened to an interesting podcast over the weekend called uh, Criminal Injustice by a, uh, a professor out of Pittsburgh University. Uh, he's been putting this on for quite a few years, a lot of good information there. The one I had listened to recently was specifically focused on the topic of reentry, and it focused on two guys um, that they labeled Mr. F and Mr. R. Just for you know, privacy sake, mm-hmm. and they were talking about you know just the reentry process. Now, the the big thing that happens in a lot of these prisons is that there is money that is allocated for the specific pers- purpose of reentry. However, the training that they give the uh, parole officers and the staff and the administration in the manner by which they deploy or make available these resources is is based off of the testimonies of these two individuals who went through the process is very lacking in other words you know here you know here's your food dog you know you know go go get it yourself type of thing you know it's 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 almost to that extent now i'm not going to go out on a limb and say that there aren't good people in the system that are trying their best to work with these individuals to get them back into um living i guess is the best way to put it society Um, but one thing that came to mind, and you had mentioned it earlier, Scott, was with regards to whether or not prison should be a nonprofit entity, which may and very well may very well be a good balance between federal and profit. If you think about it, it might be something worth, you know, there well, because
0: w- the profits would then could could then be reinvested in the priv- prisoners,
1: and that's the whole point of it. Is that's that- what it
3: should be. Now, the there there would need to be some kind of oversight on any kind of slush funds. Yeah. Um, Any salaries, like the the, just because it's a nonprofit doesn't mean
1: people can't make more money than they should. Well, every nonprofit requires a board. Yeah. That's true. So there has to be at least, depending on the size of the nonprofit, I think it starts at five and goes beyond that. It's
3: more difficult to corrupt a group of people than an individual person, but it can still happen. So just imagine if there ought to be some, some, government oversight. Well, imagine if way. you had a
1: board of say 10 or 11 people mm-hmm. and it, and there was a requirement that at least two or three of those people be government employees from one specific organization that dealt with prison oversight for that state or federally yeah. speaking, they, yeah. you they, know, they, if there was a, a standard set there with that. Yeah. Regards.
3: And you could set limits, you know, they have to spend a minimum amount and a maximum or a maximum amount of time here and at their own home agency. Um, you can absolutely come up with forms and schedules for these places to report on earnings and things of that nature just so you see where all the money is going. Uh, but I think that would probably be a better step in that direction. They should, at you le- gotta... they should at least not have enough capital to be able to pay lobbyists to affect laws. A private prison s- paying anybody to lobby and affect
0: laws, you're, that's clear red flag in my mind. Another thing you got to be careful and watch out for is a lot of these nonprofits end up jacking up the salaries for their CEOs. That's, something that's to watch exactly for. it. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And it's that is <laughs> a lot of corruption comes about under the guise of a nonprofit because yeah, it's people money think laundering. that they're not going to get caught exactly. just because they're doing this other noble thing. It's like the thief, the thief who, you know, s- steals steals one thing and then goes and pays for another, he thinks you're not going to catch him. It's funny. Now he's acting honest.
1: There was actually a story over the weekend about a gentleman who robbed a bank and then went to a local car dealership and bought a BMW Hmm. Immediately, immediately, and so they arrested him because wow. they identified him as the guy as having well, robbed the bank. I'm,
0: nice I'd turn. like to pay in these sequential bills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to pay cash, fresh minted, fresh minted. Cash.
0: I have stacks of ten thousand. Is that
1: okay? Yeah. So in Connecticut, uh, just <laughs> in Connecticut, there's <laughs> a big bag. There's a, uh, symbol on it. a specific organization called Emerge Connecticut uh, uh, that actually works with the state prisons. Uh, to help people get integrated back into living and society and so on. Um, Their their ratios, 88% of crew members improved to 12th grade reading and math scores, and then 14% at two years after release, only 14% of emerged crew members find themselves reincarcerated. Um, what they, what, why I bring that statistic up specifically is one of the things that they noticed is that it's usually between two and three years where you see recidivism uh, rates really kick in at. Uh, yeah, what six, are those rates? Uh, I think it's two thirds. Two thirds after. Sixty. 60, 70 ish. Yeah. Percent. So about two thirds are going wow. back into the system. So that's of course, an insane. Number. That's a large, and that's
3: well, even if, yeah, so my estimate was half, but that's even worse. And, and that goes back to what I said earlier, which is if you just invest, and that sounds like what this program is, you just invest in keeping these people out of prisons, how much more, how, how, if your goal is to cut costs then keep people out of the prisons and then you don't have to pay for it. And then they become a productive member of society rather than a burden.
1: Well, even if the, uh, even if the state, uh, prisons, or if they are do decide to keep privatization in play, you know, even if their budgets were allocated to where it was being invested in some of these outside entities that uh-huh. they worked with, I think there would be, um, uh, some value in doing that. Uh, one of the things I pulled up is Alabama, Alabama State Prison is one of the few that actually has a pretty um, in-depth re-entry program in place. Um, One of their, just reading actually off of their AODC goals or ADOC goals, decrease the overall prison recidivism rates and overcrowding, promote public safety, reunite parents and children, decrease public health and social disparities within the offender populations, and offer referral linkages to inmates and ex-offenders transitioning back into the community. Um, so basically, they're, they're, they're over... They have a really... Why I bring that up is that they have a really set in place means by which they're addressing the inmates that are making re-entry back into the world, whereas in a lot of cases, it's kind of darts at a dartboard.
0: Have you guys done any research into... Uh, down, down this... Um, path of of kind of reintegration into society um kind of the the way the the direction the nordic countries have been going with their prisons over the last 40 or 50 years i i did want to
3: ask the question you know what do why is it in this culture we somebody's somebody gets arrested and we they that is the beginning of their treatment as less than human
0: so you know they treat them like they're not regular members of society. In the anymore. early 60s, uh, Finland in particular had one of the highest incarceration rates in Europe. Um, so they they kind of took a step back and they took a look at themselves and how they were doing, um, you know, how their criminal justice system was working. And they did studies on um, whether punishment was the, the best way to reduce crime. And they found out it really wasn't. No. So they started this... Um, concept of open prisons i know this that sounds weird um but but i've heard the concept before honestly so like um a third of the population the prison population in finland are in these open prisons now obviously you're not talking about highly violent people you're not talking about murderers and rapists you're talking about white collar crime people that have duis um you know low level. in finland they have an arrest for that i don't i don't know that they do or not i'm just saying that those Driving are the levels. miles people, an hour yeah. by comparison by comparison those are the types of people that So you're pedaling
1: too fast on that trek.
0: Oh Christ. So um the these prisoners actually get keys to the prison and they they leave to go to work and and they actually leave the prison to go to work and then they come back at so, night So they're still work they're still Yeah out in society essentially and they're still being productive they can they're allowed um i believe like one weekend a month where they go home and visit their family for for the whole weekend and then they report back to prison Um, and and they're still doing their time they're still uh paying their sentence for doing whatever crime they did but at the same time their life isn't ruined
3: i want to i do want to know you know logically speaking what is the what is the point of just putting somebody in a room for three years? The original
0: thought, obviously, was that by removing this person from society... You protect You're society. protecting society. And then it, it kind of transitioned into, well, maybe if we put this person in a cage, they'll learn their lesson and won't do it again because they'll fear the cage. But then it, then it transformed into people adapted... Well, As because they're do. in there
3: so long yes. without any exposure to any other environment, the longer you're
0: in a situation like that, I you, wonder you become adapted. to I that wonder situation.
3: how many individuals, if the if the rate of recidivism is so high, due to anxiety, you know, it's almost it's almost similar to what soldiers experience upon reentering civilian life. They don't know how they to operate. They don't know. know how to adapt. It's you know, nothing operates. Out here, like it does in the military, nothing yep. operates out here like it does in prison. You're told when you're allowed to wipe your
0: ass. Yeah, in the in the military, you know what I mean. Exaggerating a little bit. I am. <laughs> yeah. I am. That's but yeah, hyperbolic, and that's sort of
3: similar how it is in prison. You you have this. Yes, it's a degree of structure beyond. I mean, you have you have no responsibility to make any choices whatsoever, and maybe you lose that capacity. To I actually know people make good choices for
0: yourself. I know people that have done long stints in prison. And they say the weirdest thing. Well, the ones that I've talked to, the common thing is, is they they say it's silly. They don't know when to eat because you're told yeah. that you 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 can't make little decisions like that for yourself. When when is my lunch time? So it, and again, going back to that, really just sounds like we are making people worse off. Than they I hate were, to I hate to compare human in. beings to animals, but. It's just like if you if you have a bear that's been in a zoo its entire life and then you try it to would, release that exactly. bear into yeah. the wild yeah, it would, would die. die it would be murdered immediately it would die yeah it, it, would, it wouldn't know it, what to do either it would be murdered
1: or it, or it would starve, starve to starve. death that's why a yeah. real rehab of any kind of wildlife includes getting them accustomed to, you, to, yes. to you know you got to
0: give them time in in, in yeah.
3: that habitat I would advocate for lower sentences across the board um, and definitely for nonviolent crime. We it
0: we sort of do this. Yeah. We sort of do this now with the halfway houses. Um, we've, Those we've kind are, of, but it, its still they do not, not have a
3: good reputation.
0: Yeah, and it's not to the level it's not to the level that what Fin I'm not trying to say that these Nordic countries are by are by any means because they don't have the problems of diversity that we have. They're they're awful, uh, awfully um, hom- homogenistic. In their in their cultures, meaning they're all homogenous. Yeah, homogenous. They're all wh- they're all white. That's, I'm just I'm trying finished. to dance around it. They're, they're all finished. white.
3: They're all ethnically finished.
0: So we don't have they don't I'm, have.
3: I'm not so, ethnically American. There's no such thing. Exactly. Yeah, it we, just uh, in our
1: killed, country we uh, we're we're by choice or not by choice uh, forced to acclimate to other cultures. Uh, just by the simple nature of you know having a neighbor. Which is the
0: strength of our country, I yeah. do, I believe. Yeah, I do too. It's, yeah. it's
1: it's 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 actually a good thing because it makes us more relevant mm-hmm. in terms right. or it's at least one thing. would hope it makes one more relevant it's a good with regards thing as long as everybody's playing yeah. Yeah. nice. Yes. 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 civility yeah. is we've got key. to
0: get back to that point. Because yeah. there is a point there should be a there should be an understood way of doing things in a country and then other cultures can bring their flavors to that way of doing things. But
1: culture has never been the dividing factor in our country. It's always been over interpretation of laws, politics. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, it's you know, any you come from you come from Africa or the European Union or you come from Australia or you come from Kazakhstan or, you know, wherever Borat was from. Uh yeah or whatever state Kazakhstan. he was from Kazakhstan yeah. Yeah. um you know the fact well, that matter well, will we? well, will we? well, the fact of the matter is care, is murder care. is seen as murder regardless King of, of where case. you go so i mean there is very common constructs that people understand in terms of how to act with See, other people
3: you tell you tell uh, billy bob down the street that we need to start adopting more globalist a view when it comes to uh, uh laws and regulations to to be accepting of other cultures he's not going to like
1: that well laws is one thing but accepting in other cultures another thing culture well, doesn't necessarily but it's
3: relevant it, it, we our laws need to be written in ways that accept like you know there should be as you said murder is considered it's universally abhorrent okay so our laws really should be based on only those things that are universally abhorrent. And then everything else, it becomes, it should go down. It should be at the level of society. And, um, I, I guess interpersonal relationships to, you know, to naturally punish people for the bad things that they do, not necessarily put them in prison for it. You get what I'm saying? If, if you are a, if you're abusing drugs, that's going to destroy your life all by itself locking you up isn't going to help you. If anything, it's going to hurt you. It's going to accelerate that whole
0: process.
1: Well, my question is, is uh, let's go back to 1776. Would anybody have been arrested for using opium?
0: No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. In fact, um, the people that used a lot of opium and cocaine made a whole country. So my yeah. point is, is
1: the, <laughs> my point is, is the further we've gone along and the more complex that our laws have become,
0: I would argue to the latter that the, this country wouldn't have been made without, without cocaine and opium and yeah, without at
3: least cocaine, cocaine opium and slaves and hemp and well, uh, well what I'm, industrial hemp. Yeah, what, a, sure. what I'm
1: getting at though, is that the more that we try to legislate, yes, the more complex our interactions become with other individuals from other cultures. You, My point is that yes, we have, although there were, there were some huge gaps in what our laws should have addressed, such as abolition of slavery and so on. Even though that should have been done from the get-go, the fact of the matter is, is a lot of the basic rights that would have allowed us to exist with other people without much oversight and much problematic intercourse. I I use the word intercourse, giggity. But, um, you know, I'm just – you get what I'm saying, though, is that we wouldn't have had – (laughs) we wouldn't have had that much of an issue with interacting with other people if we didn't have this burden of the over watchful eye that's what they were trying to get from under is essentially what i'm saying
3: so so you think the only way that this country could exist is without so much tight regulation i agree yeah, well, be, I suppose that is the essence of what
1: I I'd I'm vote for you at. if you ran on that platform. You can't. If,
3: if, I think that is the essence of what I'm saying: is you need a loose framework in order for all of these different cultures exactly. to really work together. You cannot have a strict definition of what it means to live in this country if the whole basis of the country is that it's going to be a conglomeration of the best ideas from all the best places in the world.
1: And that's why I believe libertarian ideals, kind of in some way, shape, or form, strikes at the heart of what we're missing a lot of. And I think that's part of the con- contention that we have in a lot of our country. And then I, I think it all contributes down to why we have the prison population issue. Um, sure. Because we are not allowing people to conduct their business as these. Now, as if, they your naturally bis- would. if your business is, is that you go around shooting people for hire, well, that's, uh, that's one thing, yeah. you know, you well, can't and be Again, hit-
3: that's something that is universally wrong. Everybody recognizes It doesn't matter what culture you're part of. That is something that is user universally recognized as wrong. So that is a good thing. But writing laws so that they support a specific culture or a specific type of culture, you are then alienating and you'll end up incarcerating exactly. anybody who doesn't ascribe we to are that, not. We are not... Which is a problem, a big problem. It's probably the source of a lot of problems that we have.
1: Well, that's even the problem with the, the conservative movements and the religious right and so on. I mean, I'm a religious person. But I understand that the religious right oversteps in a lot of it. It's never my place
0: yeah. to use my religion to bludgeon exactly. So else. We're
1: not a theocracy right. and we can't legislate morality. So if, if Bill
3: Clinton's rules for Bill Clinton's life are that he's not going to use drugs,
0: ha ha. <laughs> well, he uses them. He just doesn't then, inhale.
3: Then, but he shouldn't write a
1: law that says nobody else can. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But if you're protecting a class such as children, you should be able to write a law that says, "There, it's illegal to sell drugs outside or within the perimeter of a school." Well, sure. you
3: have to be 21 to buy alcohol. Exactly. Yes.
1: There's, and, and that's the thing. Is and that's rational the discrimination. Bigger, the, yes. Bigger, yes. the bigger, yes. the yes. bigger, yes. way that you that, would, that was perfect rational discrimination. It's, that, that's the only legal form of discrimination. The, the in better, this the better way to put it is that
0: you just you can't legislate morality. You can't make a law and and cause a person to be a certain way because you made a law against them. Right. Thing. Right. Laws
3: should be moral, but you cannot you can't force, force morality. people to be moral as even yeah. as much as you can the law itself
0: should well, be it's moral. like the topic you shouldn't
3: force anyone to be immoral and you can't really force them to
1: be moral you no. just have to let them live their life exactly well it's like the topic of pornography i mean yeah you know with with how far you know remember that stupid film with Nicolas cage eight millimeter yes remember what the context of that was snuff films and all that kind of stuff no
0: but i've never actually watched so, it. so i mean through. basically
1: we understand i remember of it Snuff films were basically something that dealt with abuse and, you know, in some cases with murder. In, in the context of the film, it was murders that were hap- happening in these films that he was trying to hunt down the person, you know, that was doing these, posting these films online. The understanding, though, is is... You know, when harm comes into the picture, that's when a law comes into the picture. Yeah. If it's it's just people being disgusting perverts, you know, they have a right to be a disgusting pervert as much as they want to be. Sure. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is once you start harming somebody else in that, but and, and again, I, that starts getting into in a whole other territory is what constitutes well, harm. It, it's a it's but, a good
0: point because
3: you, yeah, the definition of assault itself is fairly. Is broad. it
1: verbal or is it physical? Right. You know, is really what it starts becoming a, you The know. the the ambiguity of the laws
0: themselves can be called into question because really, uh, in this culture, prostitution is illegal, um, but pornography is legal.
1: Yeah. What's the difference? Which one
0: between... actually
3: causes more harm? Yes. And where I think we're finding out that pornography really causes yeah. more yes. harm than prostitution. Yeah. And would. so,
0: and what's the difference between prostitution and pornography? The camera. The camera. Yeah. yeah. That's and the she, only. That's th- it. She's getting paid. She's getting paid. Both women are getting paid. Or he. Or he. I'm just saying that yeah. they. They. But I assume the men is getting they paid. They don't. The men. Men get treated. If you really want to talk about. Um, sexism and things like that men get treated horribly in the pornography industry and people say oh well they get to do awesome shit for but well re- think about it, the abuse that they would have to take they have to maintain stamina for <laughs> for hours on end usually you have induced to do by drugs you know, uh, because some it, guys it's, it's, would be willing to
1: take a certain level of abuse you yeah. know but what I'm saying is some guys sign up
0: for it. No. To, to tie it in, the way that it ties in is <laughs> prostitution is illegal and people go to jail for selling their bodies. Who's the victim there?
3: Well, I think that, that that's that's a whole other complex I get then it. Is. I think that what they're really trying to stop is pimping and not necessarily prostitution. Exactly. But
0: exactly. Just just the, the same way the yeah. war on drugs is However, trying to stop.
3: If if it were legal and you could regulate it, then you'd get ahead saying. of that problem. That's what I'm saying. Yes.
0: So is is the is the is the proper course in the United States abolition, or is it regulation? Well, prohibition just doesn't work, and and we're in the middle
3: of the the war on drugs is. Prohibition in essence. Yeah, prohibition, it's just not, abolition. not it's not alcohol. <laughs> that's a different subject.
0: Yeah, that's a co- completely different
3: yeah. No, the uh the, the the war on drugs is prohibition. It's just different. Fuck it's, that abolition. It's, it's, it's basically anything but alcohol. It's like yeah. that guy who was standing yeah. out front yeah. of the
0: supermarket and trying use to get the people... The effects
3: are the same and the success rate is about the you same. You can though.
0: use the 18th Amendment as a perfect example of why uh marijuana laws, drug laws, prostitution laws why they're all going to fail in in the end, because in the end if somebody wants something like alcohol, they don't uh, prostitution not, they don't drugs, care really
3: about the law. The law
1: becomes yeah, secondary.
0: Secondary. Their 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 addiction is always going to that's immediate. Yes.
1: The law is supposed to be a football field. Yeah. Everybody can run whatever direction they want. They can score for the other team if they want. Yeah. But in reality, you can't go outside the certain bounds. Yeah. So there's there's a huge amount of freedom within the the 50-yard lines, you know, of each respective side. And that's the way it be. Now,
0: if you're if prostitute in my personal opinion, the libertarian in me says prostitution should be legal. However, child prostitution shouldn't be.
1: No. Yeah. Well, Justice, I remember uh, specifically, and I'm sure we have to tie this up here in a second, but Justice Rehnquist, uh, who was a Supreme Court justice for a number of years, uh, was standing before a group of Yale graduates, or uh, they were actually uh, in law school at the time, and he was giving a speech to them. And one of the things he asked is, what, what predicates a law? Like, what is the reason why a law comes into being? Nobody could answer it, and he's like, harm harm to another. Mm-hmm. Harm to another is the basic premise of any law that comes into being for whatever reason. So if there's no underlying harm That's right. that a law is addressing, right. then the law itself probably doesn't need to be there.
3: And think about that when you tr- when you're trying to rationalize a law when somebody ca- I mean we all have heard s- those stories of these ridiculous laws that seem totally irrelevant like you can't you can't cross this street sheep with to a your... cleft-hooved animal on Tuesday <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> Write these weird, we, uh, Psalm fir- 25. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these strange, and you, and you immediately what you think of when you try to justify that is what harm was some was someone coming to because of something like that? It seems ridiculous, well, but that is immediately what you try to think of. I can explain,
0: it. I can explain that. We have a crazy law on the books, that's still on the books in Muncie, that says you can't run your pigs, uh, down a street and main on Main Street in groups of more than 12. You, that sounds like a ridiculous law, doesn't well, it? Well, it's
3: irrelevant to our lives today, today because nobody has a then. group
0: of pigs that big. Probably what happened <laughs> who is, lives in, is some who lives in town. Some dickhead <laughs> was trying to herd his pigs. He went up Main Street with twenty four to thirty pigs yeah. and it caused chaos and he said there's no fucking
3: law it there's says no law that can- says i
0: can't run <laughs> yeah. 30 pigs down main street and
3: this is like, in my town yeah god well, damn it i pay taxes again again so like then they write the law no i get that
1: well again like john mulaney says it's like where'd that saying ever come from is that if you don't you don't buy the milk or oh, yeah if you if why you, buy the milk I buy why the buy milk? the
0: cow if you get the milk for free
1: he's like was there some Dutch prick running around in town <laughs> it's like, Ha ha ha! I have your milk <laughs> I have your milk. <laughs>
3: I have your milk, I am the milk well, king. But
1: now you own the cow yet. No, no proof of purchase. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: oh wow. John wow.
1: But okay. yeah. but back to uh, solitary confinement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um no, the the point is is that the yeah, the laws the laws that are on the books, you know. When the, be. when
3: the law no longer serves the purpose of preventing harm, or if in preventing a certain kind of harm, you cause greater harm yes. somewhere else, then that should be revoked. And I
1: think that's what, uh, that ties back into the whole recidivism rates, and yeah. it ties back into the number yeah. of incarcerations. How,
3: how many of our policies are serving exactly a counterproductive purpose, you know, um, and that is... That is what we're talking about, which is reforming those systems and those laws. So I think
1: exactly. one of the things that we want to kind of tie up in the end, I guess you wanted to take a quick or uh, kind of a bit of an in-depth look. Are we at- do we want to, are we taking another break?
0: Yeah I think we'll I think what we'll do is we'll take a break and then we'll come in to um, tie everything up. The last point that we that we wanted to make. Solitary confinement. Yeah, talk, talk yeah. a little bit about solitary confinement. Some, some other things that are going on in other prison systems. And around the world and, right. and kind of tie everything together. So we'll take a quick break here. And then when we come back, um, we'll have a brief discussion on solitary confinement um, and some things uh, that are going on in other parts yeah. of the world. Ethics. Ethics, Ethics in general. Unethics. Right. Yeah. Unethical practices. Unethics. Yeah. All right. Uh, more uh, when we come back on between the lines. And we're back. And we're back. Hey. So before the break, uh, we were talking about uh, prison reform. We went over how, how the United States has 2.3 million people in the current prison population.
3: Highly disproportionate Highly to disproportionate actual population. Um,
0: we're four, roughly 4 or 5% of the entire world population with 25% of the prison population. Of the whole Of world. the whole world. The yeah. U.S. Um, is
1: paying more per inmate than they are paying to even educate the kids that are yeah. in school right now.
0: Yep. Um, and yeah. the lots of um, things that don't make sense. The uh, legislation of morality that has led into um, the disproportionate yeah. incarceration, potentially,
3: of you know, nonviolent of, criminals, Yeah, potentially insensitive laws that yeah. don't really the, take into consideration the diverse cultures that this country is made up of.
0: So we've gone over all that, and we ended starting to talk about solitary confinement um, and its usage within the prison population. Um, so for those that aren't familiar, um, that have never seen any kind of prison show on TV, have never watched an episode of Law & Order, um, solitary confinement is when a prisoner is, um, by lack isolated. Of term, isolated yeah. from all other inmates. Uh, they're stuck in a... Uh, usually, uh, in, in most cases, it's a small room with uh, just enough room for a toilet and a bed, um, no windows in, mm-hmm. in most cases, uh, no sunlight, and they're given their food through a slot in the door. Um okay.
3: Yeah, it could be considered a form of torture.
0: Yeah, Twenty-two point five minimum. hours a day is the minimum to be considered solitary confinement. Or right. was it? Twenty-one. Twenty-two point five hours a day. Yeah, they
1: had mentioned twenty-three hours in yeah, a lot of. Roughly the... twenty-three hours it is considered. So what solitary is that
0: hour? Anything very close to. They're a day. they're taken um, that that hour they're taken outside um, to walk around the yard so they get sunlight and exercise and they're allowed to eat outside for one hour a day. Um, they're taken outside for shower exercise and a meal if the purpose of prisons is to
3: rehabilitate people and not to punish them what purpose does solitary confinement serve what what place does it have well, in that framework? logically
0: uh, in in the way that they justify it it's used as a punishment well that's what i mean it,
3: it that's it's that's not rehabilitation
0: that's used as a punishment it's used as a treatment I don't know how that could be it, used. That, it,
3: nothing could be more psychologically damaging to a person than to be forced to be kept away and from And the other third
0: people. use is uh, protection
3: for other people. Now, see, that's something that's that is a that is the justification behind incarceration for violent crimes. Yes, to prevent harm to other people. So it's like a prison within the prison. You have yes. a prisoner who is particularly violent. And you want to keep or them away from the other prisoners, or or that other yeah, other prisoners, other prisoners won't, like that pedophiles. person's being targeted.
0: Pedophiles do don't do not go into general population. No, they do not because a lot of those prisoners have kids. Yes, unless there's an entire wing mm-hmm. uh, for just pedophiles, they go into pre- protective custody right away.
3: So that is one way of justifying. What you would consider solitary confinement? Now, according to Mike, you had brought this up. According to the UN, technically speaking, solitary confinement and depend it depends on interpretation. But in, in excuse me, uh, what was it?
0: Nineteen forty nine. Yeah, in nineteen forty nine,
3: the Universal Declaration, Declaration of
0: Human Rights. Right, and um. Again, and what
3: definition are they using? they? They're not. It doesn't actually mention solitary confinement specifically. But what does it say?
0: Now, again, I want to preface that the declaration is non-binding. Blah 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 blah. Well, the UN um, to some degree is yeah, toothless. Toothless. But regardless, uh, but but a lot of people use that to to make their customs for international law. But the the relevance of the declaration to solitary confinement um, it relates specifically to Article Five. Uh, that states no one shall be subjected to torture or cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment. Thus, if solitary confinement is believed to constitute torture or so on and so forth, then it would be banned by uh, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So they they kind of blanket statement there. Um, so it, it, it is yeah. kind of gray yeah, the inter- and left to interpretation. The
3: interpretation there is not part of the resolution.
0: Because shit, I mean, North Korea would say that blowing someone up with an anti-aircraft missile because they disagreed with you in a meeting um, would not be degrading or or cruel. Well, torturous it certainly isn't torturous, <laughs> perhaps you know. cruel. They, they would say definitely that that's,
3: degrading to get shot <laughs> you can't even have a funeral now
0: yeah so what I'm saying is, is empty casket they make it um, they make it subjective instead of objective yeah so
3: th- to some degree that doesn't it's not really that's helpful.
0: why it's not explicitly banned because <laughs> um, um, among other things like they they literally say you cannot use mustard gas yeah they list it so like you can't you can't Wiggle, there's no wiggle room for mustard gas. Yeah, there should be the the same thing for solitary confinement. I
1: think the question, uh, one of the things that was brought up in the uh, the article that we're going to take a look at here, uh, with regards to the 27 year old that uh died in upstate New York, uh, or I'm sorry, not upstate New York, New York City's uh, prisons. Um, one of the things to look at with that regards is. Um, the context I don't have is what was her actual. Um, well, regardless of what her, was the reason for incarceration, yeah. what whatnot? was the reason
3: for incarceration is a relevant question, and and why specifically was she being was she put into solitary confinement? That's, but regardless of any of that, the outcome. Is that she's dead? I mean, she. What? What else can you say? Yeah, she's, she had an epileptic
1: effect w- or a fit, which I would she imagine had
3: seizure. Yeah, we're we're guessing she had epilepsy, yep. and she was in solitary confinement. I don't know. I don't know that there is necessarily any research about the effect of something like um, isolation or sensory deprivation on somebody who's epileptic, but it could very well have just been a coincidence that she had a seizure while she was in solitary. But um, um, yeah, it's just it's just really unfortunate. I, I
1: think what I was getting at though is what was their um, justification for utilizing solitary confinement in that situation. I guess is what right. I'm more trying to get at. Is you know we 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 look at it from the outside in. Um, one of the interesting things that came up in that story is they actually interviewed with some of the justice. Uh, system individuals uh, talking about this. Some of the correction officers, I'm actually reading this verbatim, uh, some corrections officers also oppose the rule saying it will eliminate their ability to physically separate violent offenders. Uh, Michael Skelly, a spokesperson for the union, represented officers in the city jails. Correction officers, Benevolent Association, said the union believes the practice of punitive segregation has been watered down over the last eight years. Um mm. So, so they're just using it too much. Is out there being told? I, f- I think that's what I'm trying. I think that's, you know, we, or they're using it for reasons that aren't necessarily. That's what I'm relevant. wondering. If you look at, uh, not 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 for uh, anything, but look at uh, Shawshank Redemption, the movie, okay. and uh, um, one of the interesting things is my good friend Andy Dufresne. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, if you look at just the, the the fictionalized effects of you know certain levels of treatment, and we're talking about a prison environment that was substandard by how many degrees of what we have available today, you know, and you know, and how people were treated even in those environments. Um, what's interesting is that um, you know a lot of these people are put into these situations where they don't know how to break out of that mentality that, uh, I guess best way to put it is I saw a quote here is that if you put a parakeet in a cage for years and you take it out, it will die. Um, one older prisoner said in relation to, uh, solitary confinement. So it's this idea is that you're conditioning an individual psychologically to, um, you know, be, uh, cage bound. Is essentially what's happening is right. so you know you're essentially you know we're talking about the social the social uh, the psychological and the soci- sociological mm-hmm. effects on a person uh, when they're put into this environment now the with regards to that story this is somebody that was affected by a health uh, by something very immediate they couldn't respond to her immediate need because she was in this so What was their justification for having put her into that situation? Was she that out of control that necessitated them to be able to use this? Because regardless of whether we agree with this form of punishment or not, the fact the matter remains is they're utilizing it. Yeah. Still, as we speak right now, they're utilizing it in some prison somewhere across the U.S., so the question is: Is really is what justification do they have for utilizing this? Now, if you have Jeffrey Dahmer sitting there li- smacking his lips over right. one of the yeah, he'll cr- eat well, his that's
0: cellmate. That's
3: that's an extreme case, <laughs> and that's that, what I'm that that's what would I'm be trying a justification, to- but only in an extreme case, and then, and absent of some extreme. Condition is it even justifiable at all in any case?
0: I think in I think in an absolute extreme case, like like he said, of Jeffrey Dahmer, when 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 it, when an inmate is at risk for eating his cellmate. Yeah, um, segregate definitely. <laughs> Jeffrey. Definitely. I think that that's no. The, you, I'm not you know, absolutely him. But unless let's throw Dahmer. Yeah, but
3: unless it's something like that, unless you've got
0: the guy that's using like I I read earlier that 20 um, percent of uh, pr- prisoners and that's a rough number, but twenty 18 to 20 percent of prisoners in the United States are in solitary confinement. Like Is right that now? that
3: that's got to be just at any given time. At any or, at any given time, or they have experienced it at least once this year or because something. i wonder what their number really but, represents but it's high anyway
0: but what shocked me was that they they put people in solitary confinement in some prisons for something as little as abusive language
1: and yes. that's that that was kind of what i'm roundabout way trying to get to is yeah. that it's being over you know you have a guy who just got put in the prison for drug possession for whatever the sentence was say sure. One to two years or whatever the current going rate is on that. And then you have a correctional officer that oversteps and thinks that, you know, this guy is being unruly and whatever the case be does his unruliness. Justify based off of what he was put into prison for, justify it enough to where he needs to be thrown into solitary confinement for whatever period of time. That's what I'm getting is that there ought to be a baseline. And the question is, do they even have a baseline by which they evaluate these certain situations? I would guess that they
3: don't. And it's just a little egregious, I think. You've got a nonviolent offender doing something nonviolent, you can't just take somebody, some annoying prisoner. And put yeah. him in solitary. That's an yeah. abuse of power. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Just because you don't want to deal... Exactly. Because you don't want
3: to it, deal with it. And that is it. certainly what it sounds like in that case.
1: Yeah. Now, granted, we don't work as correctional officers. No. So, I mean, our perspective is a little bit limited in that with regards. However, I mean... Now, that 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 leads into,
0: um, you know, our, our segue into the next episode. The whole reason why um, the uh, 49... The Universal Declaration Declaration of of Human Human Rights. Rights. The whole reason why Uh, that was put into place is it was a direct result of the Nuremberg trials, 1945 uh, to 1949. 1949. Uh, And the whole reason the UN exists is because of what happened in Germany uh, during World War II and the concentration camps and the treatment of their prisoners. Um, so the so the UN to some degree is a human
3: rights organization above anything else.
0: Uh, yeah, and it's and it and it really came into play to stop um, the repetition of what happened right. in Germany.
3: Now, Dave, you had brought you had you had sent another article, and this is from October 2011. Um, an expert went before the UN and basically denounced any practice of solitary confinement whatsoever stating it to be uh, and I'm quoting here solitary confinement is a harsh measure which is contrary to rehabilitation the aim of the penitentiary system and I would I would I would take that and ask the question is that still true is the aim of the penitentiary system in this country still rehabilitation because it certainly seems with, with the private prisons it certainly seems that that is no longer the aim at least in that context
0: so um to wrap up uh the the whole reason why um we got into um the the latter portion of this was to lead into the concentration camps um in Germany and the human rights violations that happened there uh because next week um on our podcast we're going to be talking about the concentration camps uh currently in practice in China um and the um Human rights violations going on there. Yes. Um, the the corporations that buy into said uh, said camps and labor, um, and the benefits um, that we're reaping um, on the backs of uh, what's essentially modern day slavery,
1: and genocide, and genocide. It's, really, it goes a lot deeper than simply just slave labor. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: they're 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 eliminating an entire population of people um but but 12 million we, people to be exact yeah and not the, a small number no it's not because if you if you really want to get into it <laughs> it's an entire um, ethnicity it, yes. exactly yeah. and in Reality. world the, the totality of um Jewish people killed in Germany was what six to seven million the numbers argued based uh, on because we don't know exactly act estimates yeah um, there
3: aren't there are records I imagine a lot of the records were destroyed yeah
0: highest estimates are 10 to 12 million lowest estimates are five to seven million yeah. doesn't matter horrible horrible numbers yes but' we're, but, w- but we're the the point is is we're seeing Um, Similar similar numbers numbers in China today and nothing's being done. I don't want to say nothing, uh, but just now people are starting. We've been talking about this for months uh, and the mainstream media and governments are just now starting to scratch the surface of this. Um, So next week uh, on Between the Lines, we're going to do somewhat of a deep dive um, on the um, concentration camps in the Jinping uh, province of China. Uh, and them, um, you know, essentially eliminating the the, the Uyghur uh, Muslim population um, in, I guess, what would be Western China. Yes. Um, Neighboring s- Turkey. Yeah, the, yeah. The, what used to be Turkey... Uh, so, yeah, some portion of China that used to be Turkey that, used was, a, to be Turkey, that was
3: annexed into annexed China. Annexed into China, and, and now they're... And this population that was already there... Um, it, you know they can't they can't force them out. Yep.
0: So they're, so they're just getting rid of them. Yes. Um, Cleaning so them up. So co- tune in next week um, as we talk about um, the mass genocide going on there um, and the atrocities to human rights happening in China as we speak. Um, you can check us out, um, follow us on Facebook at PA Between the Lines. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at the BTL podcast. Check us out on Um, anchor.fm. We can find all of our podcasts on Spotify. Um, We're on uh, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find our podcast there. Uh, Go and check us out. Share us with your friends. uh, Leave us a message on anchor. Let us know how we're doing. Any suggestions for the show. Um, You can actually go to our website on anchor um, and Leave us a voice message there. Uh, if you leave us a message, it's possible. If it's not vulgar, um, we'll play it on the show. <laughs> you gotta, And you if gotta, it is vulgar, you'll be in solitary confinement. If it is vulgar, if it's funny, we'll still put it on the show. Um, so go ahead and check us out. You can see us at our website, thebtlpodcast.com. Um, you can email us all at thebtlpodcast.com, respective of our names, um, or just shoot us a line at podcast at thebtlpodcast.com. Um, At any rate, we've got multiple ways for for you to find us and get a hold of us. If you don't, that's your own problem, not ours. Um, Does anybody else have anything they want to add? I think we're good for the week. So tune in next week when we talk about the atrocities and genocides um, and uh, all the fun stuff here on Between the Lines. Fun stuff. Fun. Talk to you later. Bye.